the stories of mahabharata retold by sudipta bhaumik welcome dear friends to another episode of the stories of mahabharata in the last episode we heard the story of how rishi chavan caught back his youth with the help of his wife sukanya we also heard how king ushinara passed the cruel test of lord agni and indra After traveling for days the pilgrims arrived near the banks of the river Samanga Lomasha pointed to a hermitage and said Look there is the ashram of Rishi Uddalak the son of the great sage Svetaketu During the Treta Yuga Svetaketu and his nephew Ashtavakra were the best of the Vedic scholars and their story is worth listening The Pandavas once again gathered around to hear the story of Ashtavakra and Svetaketu. Rishi Uddalak gave his daughter Sujata in marriage to his student, the learned sage Kahor. One day Rishi Kahor was chanting from the Vedas while his pregnant wife Sujata was busy with her daily housework. Suddenly the child spoke from his mother's womb. Stop your chanting is incorrect Kahor was surprised to hear this he said how dare you say such a thing you are not born yet and you judge my knowledge of the scriptures the child replied listening to you and the others in the ashram i have learned the scriptures from inside my mother's womb trust me you are wrong kahor felt insulted He stood up and cursed his unborn child. You have insulted and humiliated me. I curse you. You will be born crooked at eight parts of your body. Sujata was shocked to hear this. She pleaded with Kahor to withdraw his curse. But Kahor didn't budge. During the final trimester, Sujata called Kahor and said, we are penniless how can i bring up my child a father's duty is to provide for his child you should try to earn some money for your family kahor agreed he left his hermitage and went to meet the great king janaka to ask for some stipend king janaka greeted kahor and said i can give you any stipend amount you want but you must prove yourself worthy of my gift kahor asked how can i prove you my worth king janaka's court pandit bandi stood up and said the same way the other brahmins who came before you did you have to fight an intellectual debate with me if you win the king will award you with riches that you can only dream of if you lose you will be drowned in the river 
next to the palace. Rishi Kahur was not aware that no Brahmin has ever been able to defeat Bandi in a debate and they all had to drown in the river. He accepted Bandi's challenge. But he too was no match for Bandi. Bandi and his men took him to the river and drowned him. When Uddala came to know of Kahur's fate, he called his daughter Suyata and whispered to her ears, Keep this a secret from your child. He should not know about his father's unfortunate loss in the hands of Bandi. In due course of time, Sujata gave birth to a deformed boy child. Rishi Kahor's curse had come true. The boy was crooked at eight places in his body. Hence, he was named Ashtavakra. During the same time, Uddalak also had a son named Svetaketu. Ashtavakra and Svetaketu grew up together in Uddalak's ashram. Ashtavakra had no knowledge about his father. He thought Uddalak was his father and Svetaketu his brother. When Ashtavakra was about 12 years old, one day he sat on his grandfather Uddalak's lap and was studying the scriptures. Svetaketu was jealous of his nephew. He held Ashtavakra's hand and pulled him off Uddalak's lap, saying, Get off my father! I want to sit on his lap. Ashtavakra said, Why should I get off? He is my father too. No, he is not your father, said Svetaketu. If you don't believe me, go and ask your mother. Ashtavakra went to his mother Sujata and asked, Mother, who is my father? Where is he? Sujata told him about his father Kahor and the story how Bandi defeated him in a debate and drowned him in the river. When Ashtavakra heard the story, he thought how he could avenge his father's defeat. He called his uncle Svetaketu and said, Let's go to King Janaka's court. There we could listen to stimulating debates between Brahmins and enjoy sumptuous meals. Svetaketu agreed. Soon, Ashtavakra and Svetaketu arrived in Janaka's court. The guard at the door stopped them. No boys are allowed in the court, the guard said. Only learned and aged Brahmins have the right to go inside and participate in the debate. Ashtavakra said, We are well versed in the scriptures and as far as knowledge is concerned, you may treat us as aged as any pandit. The guard said, Well, if you can answer my questions, I'll let you in. The guard asked the boy some tough questions. But Ashtavakra had no problem in answering them. The guard let them in. Ashtavakra entered the court of Janaka and said, O king, I understand you drown and kill the Brahmins who lose in debates with your court pandit Bandi. Where is that arrogant man? Call him. I challenge him to debate with me. King Janaka laughed and said, <laughs> Young man, you don't know what you are talking about. 
Many learned rishis and Brahmins have tried to defeat Bandi, but they all failed and lost their lives. Go back to your mother. She must be worried. Ashtavakra said, Bandi is yet to face an opponent like me. Ask him to debate with me and watch how I cut him down to size. The king could sense that Ashtavakra was no ordinary boy. But before he could subject him to the challenge, he wanted to check if the boy really was what he claimed to be. He asked Ashtavakra some difficult questions from the Vedas. The boy answered them with such clarity and eloquence that the king was more than impressed. He said, Young man, you are indeed the most knowledgeable man I ever met. You are the right person to debate Bandi. Ashtavakra then sat across Bandi and engaged in a fierce battle of wits. After a prolonged exchange of questions and answers, Bandi was exhausted of his knowledge. He sat with his face down and admitted his defeat. The Brahmins and Rishis in the court rejoiced at his humiliation. They thanked Ashtavakra and praised him for his intellectual prowess. Ashtavakra said, This man has killed many Brahmins by drowning them in the river. Now let us drown him too. With folded palms, Bandi said, O Brahmins, I have a confession to make. I am the son of Varuna, the god of water. Many years ago, my father began a fire sacrifice and wanted to invite learned Brahmins and Rishis to witness the Yagna. But nobody wanted to come to the ceremony held under the waters of the ocean. Therefore, I had to trick them. The Brahmins I drowned are not dead. They have been sent to witness my father's ceremony. The Yagna is over and they are all on their way back home. Ashtavakra will soon meet his father Kahor. My work here is done. Now I can go back to my father's abode under the water. Bandi bade goodbye, stepped into the water and disappeared below the surface. Soon Kahur and the other Brahmins returned from Varuna's ceremony. Kahur looked at Janaka and said, O king, this is why a man yearns for a boy. My son did what I failed to do. Ashtavakra then bade farewell to King Janaka and departed for their home along with his father Kahur and uncle Svetaketu. Looking at Ashtavakra's deformity, Kahor felt guilty for cursing him when he was in his mother's womb. He called Ashtavakra and said, My son, go and take a dip in the river. As Ashtavakra took a dip in the river, Kahor closed his eyes and uttered a mantra. When Ashtavakra emerged from the water, he was a perfect handsome young man free from any deformity. All his limbs and body parts were straight with no crookedness. Since then, the river was known as Samanga or the Straight Body River.
After crossing the Mainaka mountains, the Pandavas arrived near the river with seven streams or Saptadhara Ganga. Lomasha said, Our next destination will be the Kailasha mountains, the land of Kubera, the king of the Yakshas. There we can meet your brother Arjuna. Try to get some rest now, for the path ahead is difficult and hazardous. The land is guarded by the fierce Rakshasas, Kinnaras and Yakshas. We should take extra precaution and be prepared to fight those demons. Yudhishthira thought for a while and then said, Let Draupadi, Sahadeva and the others rest here. Bhima, you stay here with Draupadi. Rishi Lomasha, Nakul and I will travel the perilous path to the Kailasha mountains and meet Arjuna. Bhima didn't like the proposal at all. He said, We are all eager to meet Arjuna. Besides, I cannot let you go alone through that dangerous Rakshasha-infested route. Don't worry about Draupadi and Sahadeva. I will carry them on my shoulder. Draupadi laughed and said, What makes you think I can't walk? Let's all go together to the Kailasha mountains. On the way, the Pandavas arrived in Pulinda. The king of Pulinda, Subahu, welcomed the Pandavas to his palace. The Pandavas rested for the night and at daybreak, they departed for Kailasha. On the way, Lomasha pointed at a huge pile of rocks as high as the mountains and said, That hill is not made of rocks. Those are the bones of the demon Narakasura. Narakasura acquired immense power through strict practice of austerities. And then he attacked the gods to take over the heavens. The gods went to Lord Vishnu for help. Lord Vishnu, with a mere touch of his hand, killed Narakasura. The giant crashed to the ground and his bones piled up to form this hill. The Pandavas hailed Lord Vishnu. Lomasha then narrated the story of how Lord Vishnu saved the world by taking the form of a boar. There was a time during Satya Yuga when creatures were born, but they never died. Soon the earth was overpopulated with humans, animals, birds and insects. The weight of the living creatures was too much for Mother Earth to bear and its surface kept sinking. Soon it came to a point that the earth was on the verge of collapse. Vishnu was called upon to save the earth. The Lord took the form of a huge and vicious saber-toothed boar and dug deep into the earth. The boar hooked the earth in its tooth and with a mighty heave lifted the surface by hundreds of miles. The immense force caused quakes and calamities of unprecedented nature. The gods went to Lord Brahma and asked for him to intervene. Brahma assured them not to worry. And at his request, Lord Vishnu unhooked the earth from his tooth and returned to his original form. The Pandavas continued their journey through the mountain pass. 
When they reached the Gandhamadan mountains, a severe blizzard blew in. The Pandavas ran for shelter. Little later, they found a cave and took refuge inside. When the blizzard calmed down, they came out of the cave to resume their trek. But within a mile, Draupadi fainted and collapsed on the snow-covered ground. The Pandavas carried her back to the cave and tried their best to revive her. They covered her with deer skin and lit a small fire to warm her up. Yudhishthira held her hand and lamented, It is all my fault. It is for my sin she has to go through this suffering. How can I ever pardon myself? Bhima tried to console him. Don't worry, brother. Draupadi will be fine. She is tired, that's all. Let her take some rest and then we can continue our journey, he said. Yudhishthira looked at Bhima and said, But how could she continue the journey through these perilous mountains? Bhima said, Wait a moment, I have a plan. He walked out of the cave and called his son Ghatotkacha. As soon as Bhima thought of his son, Ghatotkacha appeared and said, Father, you have called me and here I am. Tell me, what can I do for you? Bhima said, Your mother is tired and unwell. Carry her on your shoulder and travel with us to the Kailasha mountain. Make sure she is comfortable. Ghatotkacha lifted Draupadi in his arms and flew through the sky following the Pandavas who were carried by Ghatotkacha's Rakshasa followers. Soon, they arrived in the beautiful hermitage Badrika Ashram of Naranarayana. Draupadi felt much better now. The pleasant surroundings of the ashram rejuvenated the Pandavas as they waited for the arrival of their brother, Arjuna. The Stories of Mahabharata is written, directed and told by Shudipta Bamek. Audio engineering, original music and sound design by Avi Ziv. Find us online at facebook.com slash Mahabharata podcast. Join the group for updates and news. Subscribe to the podcast using iTunes or any other podcast catcher. On Twitter, we are at Mahabharat Audio. The podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons non-commercial license.